0: You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
1: I knew I was going to get a pass in the friends because I wanted to set the tone.
0: If you right. need a win, or if
2: you're struggling, you know who you call?
1: The Jets. <laughs> Honestly, just bringing more awareness to the situation and making sure guys understand the power that they have in voting.
2: Don't bring him over here. If you bring him over here, I'm moving the tables. I'm moving the tables. It's episode three of All Things Covered with Patrick Peterson and Brian McFadden, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network. The name says it all. If you like what you hear, download and subscribe, and make sure you leave us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. You can also watch us on YouTube. Just visit youtube.com slash Covered. But, Pat, we got another outstanding episode for the folks today. What are we going to cover on this episode?
1: Man, this week, on this week's episode, we're going to cover the Cardinals' week four loss against the Panthers in our next week matchup against the Jets. COVID-19 hitting the NFL last week. Bill O'Brien becomes the first coach to get fired in the 2020 season. And, of course, we got to talk about the NBA Finals, baby. No question,
2: NBA Finals, Lakers versus the Heat. Me and Pat, we're big-time Lakers fans, and unfortunately, the Heat stole one. But we'll see them yeah, they got uh, Tuesday night. Tuesday night, we definitely will see them. But let's transition, listeners, viewers, to the Chopping It Up Zone. Uh, we're still in the first quarter of our show, but this week, Chopping It Up Zone will consist of jersey swaps, post-game player interaction. And right now, as you see, if you're watching us on YouTube, you look at my guy, Pat P., Look at his background before we get into the memorabilia standpoint when you have received from any other former player or current player, Pat, but you got some nice hardware sitting right behind you. Tell us a <laughs> little bit about what you
1: got. Uh, I got like, like I told you about last week, I got a couple, couple trophies behind me. That's that trophy out. You can't even see it. It's clear. That's that, um, that elite punt returner trophy I was telling you about that they made for your boy in 2010 and Tyrant so, ended up coming coming to get that trophy right behind me.
2: So so now that's the trophy that every like whoever receives that award at LSU that's the same exact trophy they will get.
1: Well no, this is not even LSU. This is nationwide now. Oh, that, this is a deep, nationwide. Yeah, yeah. This is a college football performance award. So that was the first shit that it came out. In 2010 I was the first recipient.
2: Wait a minute. So wait a minute. Hold on. Let's let, let's go. Rewind. <laughs> college football created an award basically yeah. for you. I thought it was just, that's I thought what? it was just LSU. Cause I mean, LSU, that's no. a big deal, but you talk about college football. That's a bigger deal.
1: Yeah. So college, hold on. It's, it's sucker heavy too, man.
2: Make sure it, don't it, drop it. it. We know you got oh. good hands, man.
1: Hey, I did. Oof. All
2: right. Man, folks, that's big time right there. That's big time. Hey,
1: where is that?
2: Boom. We see you 2010 elite punt returner trophy, Patrick Peterson.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Let me put this thing heavy, man. Put it back the right way.
2: Yeah, make sure, make sure you you you, you be careful with that.
1: Yeah, man.
2: And then you got the th- I see the Jim Thorpe.
1: Yeah, you know I gotta have a Thorpe shining. Hey, pretty, want to say hello to the people on the camera? Say
2: I see hello. you got little mama. We got a guest. We got a big time guest in <laughs> with us today
1: tonight on All a, Things Covered. We got a big time guest, Ms. Peyton. Yeah, that's Payton. the Thorpe. That's a Thorpe, and the Benneric is a little bit too high for me to get right now. That's big time but I got a couple of spots open for some other awards.
2: Yeah, so look so we we know when you talk about this particular year the NFL put some restrictions on you know post game interaction, right? What mm-hmm. we've grown accustomed to seeing as fans and I clearly for you as a player being able to interact with the 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 players you went against, you might have some friends on the opposing team uh being able to chop it up, take some pictures. I know when I played, I used to always get pictures with some of my friends and clearly some of the Florida State guys that I played against. And not being able to have that interaction and jersey swaps, you know, how right. different
1: has that been for you as a player? Um, it's been very different this year because, you know, that's something that I look forward to throughout the course of the season. Getting some of the the great young bucks, maybe getting someone added into the collection, maybe that I wasn't able to get in the uh, previous game that we played each other. So I think that's always something that we all miss about, you know, the ending, the ending part of the game this year. But, you know, we know that it will resume at some point. We just have to be patient. And um, and it is ways that we can still get the jerseys to each other. We just have to, you know, go through a protocol of getting them cleaned up and uh, mailing them to the team's facility versus, you know, taking it right off your back and giving it to um, whoever is actually played, uh your jersey.
2: Now in our memory lane segment later in the show we'll focus on a past matchup with the Cardinals and the Detroit Lions. In that particular ball game I think you were mic'd up and we basically heard you as you covering I think you were covering Calvin Johnson the entire ball game following him uh, for four yeah. quarters but you basically asked Calvin, you know, to swap jerseys after the right. ball game, right? Mm-hmm. How often do you do that?
1: You know, I do that, you know, every so often. Um, for the most part, guys, you know, ask me for my jersey. But, you know, if there's a guy that, like I said, that I don't have in my collection or who I felt that worth going after, I'm definitely going to ask him because we, we laid it all on the line. Had some great matchups. And, you know, when I see that jersey in my house, I can always go back to those games that we had against each other in 2011, the game we had in 13, the last match that we had. And, uh, 15. So that's what I love the most about, you know, collecting those jerseys because it brings back those memories, um, that you may have or that you may, you know, kept in the memory bank, um, uh, from that game.
2: What do you make of the criticism about players, teams and players being too friendly when it comes to things like that? You just went to war against a opposing player and now you're asking for it for their jersey.
1: I think that's just a little bit bizarre for someone to say that someone's soft to wear. They want to ask for another player's jersey. How come, you know, how, how, how does that make another man or that, you know, give them that title of being too friendly or, or soft cause you're asking for another, another guy's jersey. Like I said, it's, it's a piece of memorabilia. We play this game and it's a lot of great players, a lot of great legends that, that, that played this game. Why wouldn't you want to have a piece of history? <laughs> you know what I mean? Why wouldn't you want to have? something that, like I said, that you can remember on in in the future. So I I have a bunch of jerseys in here that I can, like, I have my 99, literally my 99-yard jersey right here to my left. Mm -hmm. Um, I remember almost vividly that whole game, just looking at that jersey. You know what I mean? Same thing. When I have the AJ Green jersey in my warehouse, I remember almost first play of that game. He quick jamming him, me getting a, a, a pass in the friends. But I knew I was gonna get a pass in the friends because I wanted to set the tone at the get get I didn't care. So that if was I got the goal. That, that that was yeah. that was the goal. Okay, my goal was to be the quick jam to 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 let them know that it's gonna be a fight from the get go. But I didn't care about the penalty because mm-hmm. now, you know, now I'm now I'm setting the tone, but me seeing that jersey, I remember I remember, you know, the slant that he called on me. That buck could have could have broke up when we was playing our fire zone coverage. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Just things like that. So I don't I don't see that being too friendly. You know, that just goes, you know, to 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 a piece of your collection to so your memory. That just goes to people whoever says that, they're just not they, they I guess they just don't want to be they don't want to have a piece of history in their house, I guess. I don't know. So B, you know Talked about my collection. Talked about some of my prized uh, possessions. Tell me about your wrestling collection. I didn't know you had a wrestling collection. Man, was growing up, Stone Cold, you got Undertaker. Talk man, to me,
2: man. Listen, growing up as a child, as a, as a kid, growing up, I was a big, I was a big wrestling fan, and I think that kind of helped when it came to my tackling pack because you know I used to watch so much wrestling growing up. My scoop mm-hmm. game was real tough. Like, like my <laughs> scoop game when I used to wrestle when I was a, when I was legit, bro. I get up, I get into that waist area. I'm scoopy. I'm, t- I'm taking yeah. you to the 12th floor. So, uh, <laughs> I always, I was a big time wrestling fan and I was a WCW guy. Wrestling fans that are listening and watching us on YouTube or whatever podcast platform. I was a big time WCW guy. So you talk about mm-hmm. Ric Flair, uh, the four horsemen, Sting, Lex Luger, oh, yeah. R. Anderson, Dusty Rose, oh, uh, man. Tully you Blanchard, man, rock and roll express, the ultimate warriors. Those were my guys. So when I finally got an opportunity uh through the game of football to be able to travel, do certain things and meet certain people, you know, those were the people that I was running to. Now, granted, I got a nice extensive football collection as well. Um, You know, I, I got your jersey. I got a whole lot of jerseys here. Uh, along with my jerseys, but a lot of my homeboys that I, that I play with on the collegiate level professionally, you know, I will always get their jerseys, or, or get their pictures. Uh, we'll take pictures at the end, end, but for me, outside of the, the, the Labardis that I have, I think uh-huh. my wrestling memorabilia is something that I'm, I'm super proud of because most people would not expect that. My rookie year after we won the Super Bowl against Seattle, it was a big uh-huh. time autograph signing in Elizabeth City, New Jersey. So they, they had some of the great. So at that signing pad, I got stuff from Barry Sanders, OJ, Howie, the who's of who was there. I took a picture of Jack Tatum and growing mm. up, Jack Tatum was always a guy that I, I admire because the way he played the game, he just mm. didn't care anything about his body. So while we're taking these pictures and while I'm getting these autographs and I, and I did my little booth, you know what I mean? I right. heard there was a few wrestlers there. So you had guys like Hulk Hogan. The ultimate warrior, the who's of who was there. Um, right. my guy Rick Flood was not there. I was, I was highly disappointed in him. <laughs> was Not there. Woo! But long story short, I got a chance to talk to, uh, ultimate warrior. Now, you know, he's passed. He's, he, 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 uh, he passed a few years ago, yep. but he, he gave me a dope picture, right? And he personalized the entire picture. So you really can't see him because he wrote a long passage like, like he knew me, like to b Mac, such and right. such, great guy, blah, blah. Cause I sit up there and I chopped it up with him for about 20 minutes before he actually signed it. So mm-hmm. then, Hulk Hogan was there too, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, Hulk Hogan was on the other side. And I was like, yo, you think since we had this conversation, I felt like I was like, I was a part of his in crowd. So I was like, you know, I think it would be extremely, you know, dope for me to take a picture with you and Hulk Hogan. I didn't know they actually had beef in real life. Mm -hmm. So he was like instantly. So Ultimate Warrior had it on suit, but he had the face paint on. It was weird. It was like, he was in character, (laughs) but not in character. So he was like, don't bring him over here. If you bring him over here, I'm moving the tables. I'm moving the tables. So it, I thought he was in character. So I'm like, okay, if you're in character, I'm act like I'm in character. I'm like, wow, ah, I think that'd be a great matchup. Okay. Okay. Okay, I'm gonna go get him so he grabbed me, grabbed me by my shoulder. You know, I thought I was uh, uh, a nice size corner, you know. what I mean, I'm like, you know, I'm about six foot, you know, 190, whatever the case may be. You know, I'm I'm a big corner. But when he grabbed my shoulder, he almost dislocated my whole shoulder. You're like, wow. Uh, so that's when I knew he was legit because the, the 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 pain I felt and the intensity in which he grabbed me made me realize, <laughs> oh, he's for real. He got like right. real beef, no wine, just straight beef. No, no so I was plan. like, okay. So I had to really talk to both guys you know separately but that was an amazing experience and I got so I got a a, a big autograph picture from Ultimate Warrior I got another big autograph picture from Hulk Hogan uh and I got some other wrestling uh memorabilia as well cuz I used to always love watching wrestling like watching mm. wrestling was my thing hey wrestling really impacted me a lot football wise cuz it, it helped my scoop game I was one of the best wrestlers in 6th grade not right. organized wrestling but street wrestling my scoop right, game was amazing go. Now it's time for Cardinals check-in. Every week, we get an opportunity to check in with Pat, uh, talk to Pat about the previous ballgame and the upcoming matchup. Uh, Week four recap consists of the uh, Arizona Cardinals traveling to Charlotte, North Carolina to play the Carolina Panthers. Uh, unfortunately it was a loss, the second straight loss, uh, uh, coming from the hands of the Carolina Panthers. 31-21. Pat, I got an opportunity to watch the game for four quarters. You played in the game. Give us a little bit about what went wrong on Sunday.
1: Just tackling, tackling for the most part. You know, they hit us with a lot of mixed direction things. So just getting our eyes in the right, you know, right place and far as from the offense, from the outside looking in. Just looked like we were uh, never in sync. Just could never get out of first gear for the most part. Special teams, you know, they obviously did what what they had to do. You know, giving up that you know, accept the exception of giving up that uh, that block uh, punt in that game. But overall, it was just it, it was just not an overall good performance as a team. You know, so we just have to go back to the drawing boards. You know, just you know, go back to the drawing boards. Every man had to look themselves in the mirror and uh, and find out what. They can do to help contribute into W's, you know, uh, instead of L's. So we have our work cut out for us and, and you know, every, every season you face adversity, you know, and you know, it's going to happen at some point. And I believe with us facing adversity early, it's going to, it's going to help build character of this football team. So uh, I'm not saying I'm excited that we had these two losses, uh, back to back because we definitely felt that those were games that we should have won, but it's behind us now. All, only thing that we can do is, is learn from it. You know, so we have a, a big game against the Jets in New York. Uh, you know, all the odds are stacked against us. we got to go back East Coast again on a two-day trip. You know, so we have to make sure that we're mentally prepared and, uh, and physically prepared for another war on Sunday because we know we're going to get Sam Donald and the troops uh, best shot.
2: Well, I can tell you this much, Pat. I, I can say this and you can't say this because you're still playing the game and you're getting ready to play <laughs> against the Jets. But I'm going to keep it real with you. Whenever you in a slump, you know, you kind of standing in some quicksand and you trying to get some momentum going. The Jets is who you need to call. You know, when you watch Ghostbusters and you saw some ghosts, you know, who you call was Ghostbusters. If you need a win or if you struggling, you know who you call? The Jets. I'm sorry Jets fans, but stop me when I, when I'm, when I tell a lie. And right now I ain't telling no lies, so you know that's a great matchup to have, and we're going to dive more into that matchup. But hey, you need a win? Who you call? Who you going to call? <laughs> <The> New York Jets, <laughs> <Yes. Mo Rooney>. And <laughs> hey, So you know what's crazy, though, Pat. Um, you know we, me, and you text all the time weekly, you know, about the matchups and, and, and in partic- specific matchups that you might have. But I text Pat Sunday morning. I think it's around ten thirty. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, boy, it's a good, I said, what I said, I think I said is like, I said something like, it's a good day to get a pick or something like that. Yeah, it's a good right? opportunity to
1: get a pick for sure.
2: And, and I'm watching the ball game. I'm watching the ball game, you know, working, looking at all the ball games, but I always tune in to watch you and watch the Cardinals. And I'm looking at the game and I say, wait a minute. I'm looking at the design of the coverage. I see where you were at. You were on the left side of the football field, left corner. And usually I kind of pinpoint what kind of coverage y'all in based on my knowledge of the game. And I see you go from a flat corner and just ultimately improvise and, and and create depth to potentially play like a safety-like position. And Teddy Bridgewater did not understand the dis- disguise concept and threw it right in, right in your chest. Talk us through that entire play. So I, what I want you to do, Pat, me and you can have football talk all day and we understand it. But I want you to simplify this thing and break <laughs> it down to exactly the call that y'all were in and what were your responsibilities that led to an interception for your team.
1: Yeah, we was in, um I can't tell you the exact call we was in, but we was in a, a particular technique to where I, I had to play a tight, a tight half technique, which will make me, uh, you know, seven yards depth playing the corner position, but at the snap of the ball, having to get back to about 12 to 15 yards depth, two yards inside the numbers. It's a great boundary call because I don't have to run extremely too far, but on that one, we got it into the field. So I had to, you know, I had to bust my butt a little bit harder to get to my landmark because I had three receivers in my, uh, in my area. But Yeah going back to the, like I said, defense and that put, so me and the safety pretty much switched responsibilities. Now he's been. So,
2: so you had three, right. so you had three receivers. So you got to play the deepest of three, whatever the deepest yes. one is. Okay. Got gotcha.
1: Yep. And they ran and the route they ran, they ran nothing but a, uh, 87, a 87, uh, scene. Mm-hmm. So, what? Explain
2: the, uh, to the listeners and viewers what an 87 seam is.
1: So, with the three receiver side, the Z receiver ran. Uh, he he ran the big post uh, mm-hmm. at around about 18 to 20 yards, and then the tight end, which is considered the Y, he ran the seven route, which is comes corner. around about yeah about 15, just under the the eight, so they can kind of create that window and kind of put the corner in the bond But we was in a perfect call. For that, uh, route combination and uh, the slot receiver just ran a seam, which, uh, the Mike linebacker was running up the seam with. So I didn't have to too much worry about the seam route, but, uh, had, like I said, I knew I had to bust my butt and get great depth to where I can get my eyes back on Teddy and also dissect the route. I saw him set up. I saw, uh, D line I believe it was Zach who applied pressure and he, he didn't see me. Get back into that uh, that tight half uh technique, and he, like you say, he threw it right to me. I wish I had about two more feet of uh inbounds to work with because I definitely would have took that to the house. Was nobody you try to get like, in the paint? It wasn't nobody in front of me because it was everybody. It was it was eight, it was oh eight yeah yeah, yeah 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 you're right three you're receivers right. and the other receiver on the back end ran uh like a post and the back flare Teddy got hit when he threw the ball. Yeah, so ain't, it wasn't nobody in front of me,
2: and I know you're not letting Teddy tackle you anyway.
1: No, no, no. Teddy can't talk to me, man. I can't. I can't let (laughs) that happen.
2: Hey, you know they come in bunches, so get ready this week. Cause like I said, you know who you gonna call? New York Jets. Yes, sir.
1: Maybe Uncle Sam can throw
2: you one this week. Sam Donald.
1: Man, Um, I need one. Talking
2: about momentum, and I tell people this all the time, especially fans. Right? Momentum Mm -hmm. is a funny thing. You don't see it, but you feel it. And at that point, when you talk about getting the interception y'all were down 14-0 and that interception led to the first scoring drive for your offense talk about the momentum the change of momentum that happens for a team when you create turnovers
1: i mean the momentum is big especially at that at that point of the game being down you know we needed a spark from someone and that you know someone needed to make that play and and ignite the team and unfortunately it didn't ignite us enough to go on to win that game but it did we did get points out of that interception. So that was huge. And as you know, anytime you get points off a turnover, that's always big because that, no that, that, that helps that, uh, that turnover margin and your, uh, your minuses and pluses. So, you know, as a team, we just have to go back to the, uh, not, not necessarily go back to the drawing board, but just, just understand on who we are that, you know, when we line up and play football teams and go out there and play on Sunday, we just can't expect to roll out and just out talent and outplay someone. We have to execute the game plan. We have to be in, in tune and our assignment. And then when we continue to win ball games, then that's when that mentality is able to be created. But we have to be able to, you know, create that mentality by going out there winning, um, ball games. Um, and, you know, throughout and, the rest And In that season. call,
2: you basically played corner and you played safety. Uh, you guys had a, had to deal with a lot of injuries in the secondary, uh, primarily yeah. the safety position. And one player that I thought would have a huge impact defensively uh, was first-rounder Isaiah Simmons. I think he was selected yeah. number eight overall by the Cardinals. Yeah. And fans mm-hmm. have been a bit curious about his role. Is he a linebacker? Is he a safety? But we haven't really seen the impact that we thought we would see when you look at yeah. what he did at Clemson, you know, throughout his mm-hmm. collegiate career. Tell us a little bit about, you know, who he is as a player, and why we haven't seen the production we thought we would see based on the investment that the Cardinals made in selecting him top ten, and
1: he was deserving of going top ten in my opinion. Oh, yeah.
2: I haven't seen that transition mm-hmm. of, of collegiate production on the NFL field yet,
1: you know that's just, that's just something that's hard to, to pinpoint. And, but also at the same time, you know when he was in college, he played so many different. Positions and to me in college, it's not as complex as it is in the league. Him not having, you know, an, an off season to be able to really find out what position will be good for him versus doing the virtual um, uh, uh, meetings and things like that. And also, you know, I'm sure they didn't expect, you know, uh, DC to, to 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 have the the season that he's having, you know, because it was it's it's hard to oh, put. Oh, can play. Know, you know I mean? It's hard to put, you know, Damn. that type of guy on the bench when necessarily your first round is not technically ready. You know, you, so you I remember, think-
2: You remember when y'all signed Campbell? First thing I told you, I said, Fort Myers can play ball.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, he can play. And yeah. you know, he, he got, uh, he, he knows the game, very, very high IQ, uh, you know, just fits well at that position. And he, and, he, and he's a vet, played a lot of ball, not having an offseason, so it will be better for him to adapt. To something like this versus having a rookie coming from college, I don't really know the schemes, I don't really know the system to come in and, and, and expect him to play fast, but I will tell you this, he is a great great kid, and he's he, he's slowly trying to find out his role on his team you know and, and that's the that, that's the most difficult part you know for a young player coming from from all the success that he had in college and and some of the things he was able to do and now he feels like he's kind of handcuffed. But in a sense, you know, he's not able to really go out there and showcase his talent. But at the same time, where can we put him to help him be successful uh, on the field? That's going to come down to coaches. You know, that's what they get paid to do, you know, putting, you know, their best players in positions to be uh, successful. So, um, you know, he can play, he can play anything. He can play the mold. He can play, he can play safety, but at the same time, you know, as a safety, who, what safety are you going to put him in front of? You know, what linebacker are yeah. you going to put him in front of? You know what I mean? What outside linebacker are you going to put him in front of? So that's the thing. So hopefully we can find a role for him here pretty soon because he's definitely a great talent. You know, don't get me wrong about that. He, he's definitely a great talent. You uh, know, I can't wait to see him start to flourish. In this league, uh, here pretty soon.
2: I know we talked about the week five matchup a little earlier, uh, road trip to New York, uh, you know, Patty, anytime you go to New York, it's a big deal. Regardless yeah. of the team you're playing against, it's a big deal. You travel to play the New York Jets. Uh, what's the mentality, uh, going up against a winless team that has been struggling the entire year?
1: Man, honestly for us, hell, we lost two games ourselves. So we are trying to get back on the, on the, on the, on the winning side of things as well. You know, we know, um, last year, I wasn't on the team throughout this part of the season, but you know at this time we was oh three and one you know and not and not being a part of the team at that time i know i knew what it felt like you know going to practice each and every day because you know you're putting all you can in into in getting w's but it's just not happening so they're gonna be desperate they're going they're gonna give a they're gonna give us their best shot we understand that we can't Fall into the trap. We know we're a good team. We know we're supposed to go in there and win. We know we're supposed to go in there and dominate. We shouldn't give them any chances. We have to go in there and do that. Can't let teams or let you know situation hang around and linger around. Next thing you know, you're in a dogfight. You know, I mean, you got to go and set the tone from the get go, and I believe that's what happened to us the last two weeks. Is just the you know, we could have put those games away in my opinion. I mean, we started off slow in the, in the Carolina game, but the Detroit game, we definitely could have put that game away, but we let those guys hang around, hang around, hang around, hang around and not win in the situation of football. And next thing you know, we, we end up losing that game. So going into this, this game against the Jets and we just want to play dominant football and get back on track. We know that's not going to be easy because we are on the road we're going to play a West Coast, a East Coast team again coming from the West Coast. So. Like I said earlier, all the odds want to be stacked against us, but we can't let that be an excuse.
2: Yeah, and and they're winless, but I can tell you this much: you know, Sam Donald has been fighting; he's been competing. Uh, watching that Thursday night game last week, he's
1: de- he, yeah, he definitely was competing.
2: Yeah, he's competing and, and he, he's making things happen, if not with his arm, with his legs. So he is a, he's a guy that's going to fight for four quarters. And, and one of his prime, primary pass, pass catching option is, is Jamison Crowder. Now the matchup that I, 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 I think ideally would be for you guys is to line you up on Jamison Crowder. But the thing about Jamison, Pat, you know, he lines up a lot in the slot and, yeah, they're you know,
1: moving around a
2: lot. yeah, they move him around a lot. So. Is there a potential matchup with you and Jamison Crowder? And if so, would you follow him when he's in the slot as well?
1: Um, I don't know. I haven't got the game plan yet. We don't have to choose, you know, empty empty the empty our tour box, you know, our yeah. toolbox. You know, we have to we have to go all out, you know, to, to stop teams at what they do best. You know, we can't let teams beat us at what they do best. We have to take take away their best opportunities and hopefully they have a good counter. And that they can fall back on. And if not, you know, we have to continue just sticking to playing fundamental football. That's going to help us get us out of down. So we'll just see, we'll see, we'll see what happens. It's it's going to be, I guess I find out tomorrow because that's when the game plan goes in. So as of right now, I I really don't have a clear indication of where, who I may, may be uh, traveling to.
2: Well, that's a cool nugget for fantasy owners that potentially may consider using Jamison Crowder this week. You got to consider that if you put him in your lineup, you don't know how productive he will be when you got P2, Pat Peterson, follow him. So I guess we got to wait and see. We got to wait and see what the game plan holds for the Arizona Cardinals on the defensive side. Now it's time for Around the League, All Things Covered. This is where we visit all the big time topics around the National Football League. And clearly the elephant in the room has been COVID-19. The concerns further hit the NFL this past week. We saw a postponement of the, the Steelers-Titans game. That will be postponed to a later date. We saw a rescheduling of the Kansas City Chiefs in the New England Patriots ball game because of what happened with Cam Newton when he tested positive. Uh, we saw Raiders get criticized for a team gathering uh, with players that were involved that did not have a mask on, and the league came down big time. I mean, they found... They, they they find uh Darren Waller I think 30k along with some other players that got fined 15k. So seeing how serious the league is taking this and we're not saying the players are not taking this serious uh seriously as well, but the league are, they're trying to emphasize be extremely mindful in what you do and how you do it. Right. What has been said within your organization pat? You know, seeing what has happened with some some teams either getting in the game you know, postponed or rescheduled. What has been the, 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 main, the main point the Cardinals are trying to get across throughout the organization?
1: You know, for the most part, we haven't had any, you know, situations like that pop up in our locker room, any team gatherings or, or things like that. But the message for the most part is just, you know, come to work, do what you need to do as far as your, uh, your, your body work and treatment and. Maybe like small miscellaneous things like um, you know picking up food to go, and, and go home for the most part. And that's what guys been doing, you know, just being extremely smart and, and diligent of, of other people's uh, well well being. And that's what it's all about, knowing that you know this is much bigger than your household. You have other households that you have to take in consideration as well. So for the most part, our team has been extremely. Uh, precautions uh, about all protocols, and uh, we're, we're we're just doing the best that we can do to stay out of the way.
2: Outside of the COVID nineteen issues, there have there's been a lot of big news, you know, throughout the NFL. And let's transition to mm-hmm. the AFC South, the Houston Texans. Uh, they just fired Bill O'Brien, right? Yep. And many people have been been. They, they've been calling for Bill O'Brien job for quite some time. If you're mm-hmm. a fan of the Texans, clearly you have. Uh, if you're a football fan, you might have been calling for his job as well, but hearing the news about Bill O'Brien, Pat, and you have no ties to the Texans. Right. Uh, you've played against the Texans, you know, throughout your professional career, but you have no personal ties, but you're, you play with a guy who used to play with the Texans and DeAndre Hopkins. Right. And if it wasn't for Bill O'Brien, you wouldn't have DeAndre Hopkins as a teammate. What are your thoughts about hearing the news about Bill O'Brien getting the axe?
1: Oh, man, I was, like you said, obviously hearing people calling for his job for, you know, for years and not able to get over the hump out of the first round of the playoff and people thinking him sabotaging the team, giving away, you know, your best weapon on offense, just not in their opinion, just not making smart moves they felt that was in the best interest of the football team. But to me, it was a shock that it happened this early, honestly, uh, especially coming off division title last year, if I'm not mistaken. But, you know, it's, it's a weird year as far as Trying to get everybody in sync, you know, not making that an excuse. It's been, it's just been a difficult year. Trying to get going through some of the things that those guys went through in the offseason season that can play a big role into, you know, the locker room as well. So obviously, you know, the ownership felt that he wasn't doing a good enough job of controlling and keeping the team together, and they they call for his job. So you know, obviously, owners, ownership, obviously, going to always do what they feel. That's best for their team and their organization. And they felt that the time was now.
2: We're talking about the ownership, not believing or, or feeling he's doing a good enough job. They were 0 4. Granted, it was a tough mm-hmm. st- stretch for them to start this season off. Yeah. I felt like they got like one they of the toughest. Yeah. yeah was, right.
0: they, had they, some, they had some,
2: they had some heavy hitters in their first four You're ball games, but mm-hmm. outside of the losing record, let me feel you. get little bit about Bill O'Brien as a head coach for the listeners and viewers that are watching us on here on all things covered. Overall r- record for fifty two and forty eight. Uh, he won four AFC South titles. Um, but the thing that has really hampered and you know forced a lot of criticism for Bill O'Brien is he traded away Jadavian Clowney, who was towards the end of his rookie uh, rookie contract. Remember, Clowney was a first the first overall selection uh, a few years ago. He traded away Jadavian Clowney for two players and a third rounder. So he basically got a third rounder in return. And they ended up flipping that third rounder for Gary and Connolly, corner from Oakland at the time. So they got Connolly back in return. And then he also traded away two first rounders in a second rounder for Tunzo and Kenny Steels and, 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 and the uh the straw that broke the camel back. Most recently when he traded away D Hop, right. an elite wide receiver still in the prime of his career for a second rounder who he ended up flipping for brandon cooks and david johnson a guy who you used to play with who has been often injured more injured than healthy so before i let you take the mic pat let me read these numbers off to you listeners as well let me know if this trade made sense now granted Given the circumstances, it didn't make any sense. But let me give you guys some stats to back up my point. And the same for viewers. D-Hop right now, Pat, I looked up the numbers. I know still early in the year, a lot can change. But D-Hop is fourth in the NFL in receiving yards, right? Roughly under 400. 397 to be exact. The Basically, the player you got in return for DeAndre Hopkins, David Johnson. I know Texans fans are going to jump on me for even bringing this back up. He's ranked 26th in the league in rushing yards not even 200 yards in four ball games 197 to be exact so all of these things added up to the firing of bill of ryan not to mention being 0 in four but you play with d hop has d hop said anything about that relationship that ultimately led to him coming to the desert
1: no man he, he don't speak about his as he called it his old team at all <laughs> you know, well, you so, know
2: the old saying, right? If you don't have anything good to say, don't say nothing at all, right?
1: Exactly. So, uh, not, and that's what I—that's what—that's the way I take it. So, uh he never talks about him. Never bring him up. Uh, he's happy to be in the desert, and you know, I, I'm out. What I'm assuming is obviously the past is the past in his mind.
2: I and, and no questioning. You happy that Bill O'Brien had the guts to trade DeAndre Hopkins to you guys because clearly uh, the Cardinals are reaping the benefit of his. uh outstanding skill set. I mean, mm-hmm. me personally, I think it's a little too late because you fire Bill O'Brien right now. You look at some of the transactions that I just read off to you guys. His moves will be felt throughout that organization
1: oh, yeah. for years. Oh, yeah, at least three.
2: Yeah, no, might even be longer than that. The one good thing he did was sign Deshaun the, the Watson to a long-term deal, but when you trade away right. multiple first-rounders and a second-rounder, that, that's how you build a program. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And they don't have that luxury. So, Hey, Bill O'Brien, you you did you did enough damage. I mean, you did enough yeah. damage. And and keeping it in tune with the Texans, Pat, I want something I want to read to you. So before Bill O'Brien got fired, we heard about the rumors about Earl Thomas, a guy who you know know well. He was a part of the, the twenty the two thousand ten all decade team with you in the secondary. Before uh Bill O'Brien lost this past weekend to the Vikings, he actually wanted to bring in Earl Thomas. They brought him in for a workout. But they didn't the signing didn't happen. So CBS Sports reports. Because numerous Texans Texans players expressed their displeasure about bringing Thomas into their locker room, team sources said, ultimately convincing coach, general manager. Oh, yeah, by the way, if you didn't know, Bill Bill O'Brien was the head coach and the GM altogether. He backed off. Have you ever heard of anything like this, right? Based on what happened at his last spot, his last team, Baltimore, whatever happened clearly has not been positive for his future. Have you ever heard about a player? Other players basically don't want a guy in the locker room because of his image and his personality. And granted, Earl Thomas still got some quality years left to be played, I think. But have you ever heard anything like this before?
1: No, man, I haven't. And you know, you obviously hearing some of the you know stories coming out of what happened with him in Seattle, and now going over to uh, Baltimore. You know, that stuff is seems to kind of follow him, follow and starting to follow him. And um, you know that's not a good look because Earl is a hell of a player, man. No I questions. mean, you know, you know, they're just not handing out all decade award. You know, you know, Earl is—he's definitely um, earned that. And the way he plays the game and the way he attacks the game, he definitely deserves to be on a football field or on somebody's football team. But I guess you know his antics and you know his, I guess his locker room presence. Um, it's kind of rubbing people the wrong way, evidently, because uh, he's not on a team right now. So, you know, you know, I'm, I'm sure Earl did some soul searching. I, you know, I don't know him on the personal level like that, but I'm sure he 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 he's done some soul searching and know that he damaged some relationship and looking forward to uh, trying to repair those. You know, because you know, I know he loved the game. You know, I know he he would do anything to get back. On the football field. So it's going to come down to what team is going to give him a shot and how much have he uh, learned from this this uh, this whole mishap and experience that he's going through right now. Do you believe he will get a shot Mm, this year? I think if enough safeties get hurt, I think teams that are in contentions won't have uh, nothing but an um, opportunity to get you.
2: Yeah, no doubt. So I guess we just have to keep an eye out on Earl Thomas. I can tell you this much, Pat. There are a lot of, there are a lot of defenses that need some help in the secondary. Uh, he didn't sign with the Texas, right. but we see what the Cowboys are doing. So they need some help in the secondary as well. So we just keep an eye out on the Earl Thomas watch to see if some team will decide to give him a chance to play in 2020. All right. We yep. had the halftime point and all things covered. Patrick Peterson, Brian McFadden. Uh, we'll be right back after we get some Gatorade and eat some oranges.
0: Visit roberthalf.com today.
1: Now that we're back from halftime, we're going to jump into the NBA Finals. Jimmy Butler had an all-time performance in Game 3 last night. Jimmy Butler was the first player to outscore and out-rebound and out-assist LeBron James in a final game. Jimmy Butler also became the first player in NBA history with a 40-point triple-double in a Finals win. I've seen him mouthing off Uh, in that game to LeBron y'all are in trouble what do you see in this series now and did the Lakers take their foot off the gas after being up 2-0 and knowing the Miami Heat were dealing with injuries talk to me I
2: think so I I think so you know I'm a big-time Laker fan just like you Pat and we often see this with the Lakers from time to time where they just come out and be lackadaisical I mean Mm -hmm. if AD has that dog mentality and the same can be said for lebron we won't lose right especially to a uh, short shorthanded miami heat team but they start off a bit slow uh the heat got to a double digit lead early in that ball game in the first quarter and that kind of set the tone for four quarters so do we have a series now yeah i, d- I think we do because hmm. they're they, they won't get going dragish back back but they're going to get bam back right and we know right. what type of player he is especially if he's healthy enough to go Right, and I think if right. he's healthy enough to go, he's going to play, and I think he will play in Game Four. So yeah, we have a series now because this was that was the most important ball game for the Heat. I think right. they couldn't afford to go down three zero. Um hopefully, it. AD and Braun, you know, they 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 come out like some leaders and have everybody follow their footsteps because you can't afford to let allow this thing to get two two because
1: yeah now they believe Anything. they can beat you. Right, exactly. I you agree. Know,
2: so when you look at the the the, the matchup, Pat. Let's say, hypothetically speaking, right, if LeBron does not win the finals, yeah. what does that do to his image? Now, before you answer that, are you are you one of those individuals that believe LeBron is the best NBA player ever?
1: Um, No, I, I mean, I'm a Kobe Bryant fan. So, uh, I mean, LeBron is great. Don't get me wrong. And yeah. he's definitely done things that we've never seen nobody else do before. But in my opinion, no, Kobe's my guy. You know, I, I I can't put him in. It's it, it, to me, you know, Kobe is the, in my opinion, Kobe is the best basketball player to ever play. You know what I mean? But we're not we're not talking about that. But um, I'm not one of those guys who believe LeBron is the. Uh, I I believe he's the best basketball player in the world right now for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but to ever play the game, you know, I, it, it, it's a debate. Don't get me wrong; it's definitely a debate. But I don't think he's the uh, the greatest player in uh, to ever play the game right now.
2: And what happens if? I hope this does not happen, but clearly this would be a talking point. What happens mm-hmm. if they don't win the finals? What what does this do to his
1: image? You think? Man, I think this is definitely a finals that they should win because they're they're definitely clearly the better team, better clear cut talent wise, you know, athletic wise. They definitely should win. Um, but you know, anything like LeBron don't be is not successful, and it's is gonna, is gonna, it's gonna be criticism behind. And, and and I don't, I don't necessarily see it as as a. I mean, it it will be a failure losing that, but you know, stuff happens, you know what I mean. And sometimes some teams, especially in the seven game series, you might figure something out in a game or in a, in, in throughout that series, you know. And that's the that's the beauty of playing in the NBA finals or NBA series in general because you get the opportunity to play that game, play that team uh, at least four, four games. You're guaranteed four games. And after that, everything after that is a bonus. And when you get to this point, it's the best two teams in the league. So you know you're going to get bet uh, each team best shot in the previous, whatever happened in the previous game, they're going to try to take that away. So, you know, we definitely, uh, I, like I said, I thought we were winning in six. Um, I think we have a series now. I think Lakers win the next one. Go up 3-1. Heat win. Uh, heat win game five. Go uh, heat. Uh, Lakers still up 3-2, and then we close it out in game six.
2: Well, you know, talking about the NBA Finals, talking about the Lakers and the Heat, uh, you know, we're big-time NBA fans, and I know a lot of you guys are the same that are tuning in, listening, and watching us. And one thing about the NBA, since they uh, you create the bubble, they've been extremely vocal in non-basketball issues, right? Injustice. Uh, issues that have been going on with people of, of color uh you know politically you know trying to encourage people to vote and with the election less than a month away pat i know you've been extremely vocal about your opinion and trying to encourage people to vote but what has that done to the arizona cardinals has that has that been a talking point when you guys are not involved in the weight room or meeting room or in the practice field you know trying to encourage others to vote or inquire if people are Thinking about voting, you know, how has this year, what has been the change in this year compared to any other year when it comes to, uh, granted the election is not every year, but you've been in the league for quite some time. You've been in the league when right. the last election occurred. You know, talk about right. the difference in the last election compared to right now.
1: Honestly, just bringing more awareness to the situation and, and making sure guys understand the power, the, the power that they have in voting. No, not only the power that you have in voting, you also have to, you know, be educated and know what and who you're voting for. You know what I mean? So that I believe that's the the biggest thing. That's that that I believe that's what brought it more to light on being more educated on elections now versus just going out and voting for someone who you don't even know know their background about. You don't even know who you know the senator may be, the mayor judges. I mean, I mean, the list goes on. So, um, just, just being more informed and that's what Mr. Bidwell has done a great job of creating, um, things to, to make sure that guys are getting registered to vote and making it possible for, uh, other natives in the Arizona community, making it possible for them to vote and also having open the stadium, stadium up for poll, poll voting. So, um you know i believe he's doing you know the best that he can to make sure that you know not only his team but uh, the community is uh in tune with this and uh, we can do you know our, our best part to help this country to become a better place
2: yeah chris paul uh stated that over 90% of nba 90%, players yeah have, have registered the vote do you have an idea what that percentage would be in the NB uh, nfl what percentage I of probably, players have yeah registered
1: i probably them? get yeah, I probably get back with you with that next week. I have to do some digging and see if I can um, what I have to do to find that uh, that uh, stat.
2: And and w- one thing that I say when it comes to voting, regardless of who you believe in and who you're voting for, you should exercise that mm-hmm. right. But if you're an adult yeah. and you pay taxes, you better vote.
1: You damn, no doubt
2: about it. Because <laughs> I can tell you this much: when you see all these different taxes coming out of mm-hmm. your check, and you still feel like voting is not a big deal, that's one of the reasons why you can vote. Because they take taxes away from you. I mean, not necessarily saying that should be the only reason, but clearly, man, when you see what Uncle Sam is doing to your checks, especially if you got a big check and depending on where you're living in the country, they're taking 35, 40%, whatever the case may be, Mm -hmm. you should go out and vote. And another thing you talked about, Pat, that I would like to emphasize is just being able to, you know, educate yourself, you know, being able to be more knowledgeable about voting and who you should vote for and doing your research. It's not just about you no know, voting for the president of the country locally, you know, right. voting for people locally that can change your area for the better. If you feel like things should be done differently, th- that's your opportunity to, to vote and try to create change. So being able to educate yourself is the best way possible to feel comfortable. Right. And there are many different outlets of trying to find ways to educate yourself. I know I downloaded an app called Politoscope. It's very, very informative uh, about what's going on throughout the country. So. Research and find ways to educate yourself because there are different things, different outlets and platforms for you guys to use to be able to educate yourself. So that's a cool that's definitely a cool uh, uh thing you guys are doing and Mr. Bidwell is doing out there in Arizona. And when you do some digging, Pat, I would love to hear the percentage of okay. NFL players that are registered because 90 percent in the NBA. That's, that's big. big. Yeah, that's big. And now it's time for the outstanding part of our show. We call it 21 questions. Pat wears number 21. And every week we will uh, select a question from a big time fan, listener, viewer. But you got to make sure you attach a five star rating to be able to get your question uh, as an option to have your question as an option to be chosen. This week we have a unique big time question from a huge fan, uh, Charles Coriel. Number one, he gave us five stars. I appreciate you, Charles, for watching or listening to us <laughs> weekly. Uh, he states he loves the podcast.
1: <laughs> smooth a, talking <laughs> Pat P. No question. <laughs>
2: hey, he said he loves the podcast. It gives <laughs> a more natural, smooth talking Pat P than media post game interviews. No question <laughs> it does. But he got a question for you, Pat P. How is it to defend Julio Jones? He said, you guys have had amazing battles throughout your careers, collegiately and mm-hmm. professionally. It's yep. impossible to neutralize him, but how does Pat P game plan for Julio? Is there anything that bothers Julio? Any way to get him out of rhythm? Thanks. Appreciate you, Charles Coriel.
1: Well, I can tell you when we was in college, um, the one thing I used to do, I used to call over to uh, to the Alabama equipment room, and I used to tell him, man, uh, that size thirteen that Julio is wearing, make sure you send him send him to uh, our locker room. I used to just tie him up for him. So he couldn't run. That was, that was my, the best opportunity I had. So he couldn't run, run, uh, run. Past Wait a minute. Me. You did, is, is this legit? No, I am just messing oh. <laughs> <laughs> nah, man, the best way to, uh, the, I mean, the best way to, uh, the, to defend Julio. I mean, it's tough because Julio is so great at so many things. You know, he's big. He's strong. He can create separation. You know, he can catch in traffic. He can make all those acrobatic catches. He, he, it's, it's tough to, it's tough to say that he's, he's guarded. I mean, he can catch the ball any, in uh any, uh, any way of a uh, direction. But, uh, you know, for the most part, I believe you just have to, you have to stay physical. I believe that's, that's the most thing you have to do with any receiver. Mm-hmm. You know, most receivers don't like getting touched. Don't like getting touched. I don't care, you know, how good you are. You know, most receivers, for most receivers, they like, they, if you ask a receiver which outlet they will, they rather have a, a, a corner that's seven yards off or a corner that's two yards in front of them. Every receiver in the world going to say the, the, the receiver, the corner that's seven yards off because now they don't have to worry about trying to maneuver around this guy into getting into his route. So I believe just, just being as physical as you can with them for the entire game. And, and after that, if you, if you can't be physical, just pray. <laughs> <laughs> hey man listen
2: they don't make them like that often no, i mean julio man, he's definitely
1: one of a kind man no
2: question who and and, and you yeah. guys have had like you said sec battles and then he nfc battles, battles as well
1: league. so i mean i two, mean, hey you I, guys we were in probably, the same draft yeah right? man we had we 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 battled three times in college and three or four times in the league so it's it's it's, it's been an ongoing battle and i cherish that you know because that's something that goes back when we was freaking seventeen, eighteen years old. You know, now we're here with we're, we're thirty years old, twelve years later, twelve years later, still going at it. The same thing with who uh with AJ Green. I had an mm-hmm. opportunity to go up against him twice in college and and the same thing in uh in, in, in the professional um uh, league as well. So those are the type of things I love about going back to the beginning of the show, talking about those jerseys. That's what I love about collecting those jerseys, having that memorabilia in my house it goes it takes me back to those uh those great you know memories that i can fall back on by looking at a piece of a cloth
2: that's big time that's big time yep. man got some sec love right there too yes sir two iconic individuals still playing at a high level from the sec west man i appreciate you charles Coriel, man for giving us a big time question to pat p like i said listeners and viewers if you would like to uh, shoot uh, give us a question make sure you attach a five-star rating on apple and we will answer your question here on 21 questions
1: thank you everyone for listening to the third episode of all things covered if you like what you hear make sure to subscribe and follow and leave five-star ratings on apple podcast we'll be right back with you next tuesday where you can expect all things are covered peace Peace.